What is up everyone, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode, I just have a couple quick announcements. First off, thank you for tuning in. The support on the podcast so far has been amazing. We're super excited about the community that we're building here with Move Local. So we cannot wait to continue to grow and meet more amazing people. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there and follow us, move.local, as well as sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any new releases of episodes, of merchandise, of exciting news that we have coming up for the Move Local community. Head over there, sign up so you do not miss out. You can find that in the bio on Instagram or in the show notes below of this episode. And then lastly, guys, if you've liked or took value from any one of our episodes so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcast. Subscribe to Move Local and drop us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast grow. It helps us get good feedback from you guys, what you want to hear more of, what you want us to improve on, so that we can continue to provide you with the best content possible and grow this amazing community. That is all I have for today. Enjoy this episode of Move Local. Welcome to the Move Local podcast. Our mission is to connect the movers and shakers of the Duntas and Hamilton area who pride themselves on growing a healthier and more connected community. We will do this through having conversations around health, education, entrepreneurship, and much more. We want to be part of helping you move confident, move free, and move local. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Move Local Podcast, brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and alongside me today is my guest, Mia Harris. I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. We've chatted with Mia before on our other podcast, the PT Coffee Cast, but now we are going to have her on Move Local because she is moving local and has moved local for quite some time. So Mia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And We've also connected on uh, my podcast, a little oh, shameless yeah. plug here, uh, yeah, yeah. the Weighted Chats podcast. Yeah. So me, me and I have had many conversations. We so have. <laughs> I think this will be good. It'll yeah. be smooth. We're, we're comfortable with each other. Yeah. To say the least, just a couple of conversations. Yeah. How's your Friday morning been? <laughs> oh, it's been good. Uh, I had a mentorship call with my business mentor this morning and our group that we are a part of, and it went great. Uh, done some client work and now I'm speaking with you. So, so far it's been a great day. It's a great day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about, you know, obviously the business side of things with um, what you're doing now with online coaching, um, talking about just like your experience in entrepreneurship, because I know you've had a wide variety mm-hmm. of kind of experiences with that. Um, growing up in Brantford and being local to Brantford um, is also something else I want to talk to you about. So maybe let's start there. Like how how was it growing up here and your experience and now being able to work in the community as well? And I know you've done that in different ways. How, how has that been for you? It's funny because when I went to university, I went to school in Toronto. I'm like, I'm never coming back. You know, this is Brantford. Brantford sucks. I don't want to be here. And when I left, I missed it so much. Mm. And I haven't left since, since I came back. And it's been awesome to be able to serve this community. Brantford's such a diverse city and there's so much to it that people don't realize. And there's so many other people like me who are trying to serve their community in the best way that we can. And I think it's awesome to be able to serve the community that I grew up in. And I didn't think that this would happen. I didn't think that this is where I would end up, but everything happens for a reason. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. It's always funny how things work out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, it, I think it's cool. And I think there's a lot of opportunity 
gear and being an mm-hmm. outsider to this area, um, mm-hmm. I've always had like that surface level view of even just the Hamilton, Brantford kind of area that you, you get. And like, I used to come to Hamilton to like play sports and stuff and then leave, mm-hmm. but not really spending much time in the area. And now that I've been able to like get into the community and see all the different aspects of like Hamilton and Dundas and Brantford, like it's a, it's an area that's, I feel like a hidden gem in some aspects. And there's a lot of opportunity, um, in, in Brantford and Hamilton specifically, whether it be from like a business standpoint or raising a family, mm-hmm. like all those kind of aspects you look for in a community, I think there's a lot of opportunity here. Yeah, it's really developing. And like I said, there's so much to be offered here. And I like that it still has a little bit of like a small town feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's not a Hamilton, it's not a Toronto. I know that when I was in Toronto, I felt like a small fish in a big bowl. Mm-hmm. And I like coming back to Brantford that I know this is where my roots are. I know the place. It's familiar to me. Um, it's not foreign. And uh, yeah, like, like you said, there's so much opportunity here and so much room to grow. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud to be a Brantfordian. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you learned a lot by, by leaving? You know, like I always, so I come from a small town as well. And mm-hmm. I actually recently posted on my Instagram about this because I always have this like mixed feeling with like home because I'm so grateful for my where I got where I was raised and what I got out of being part of a small town and the community and um, but I also always felt this sense of like discomfort of like not wanting to remain there for the re- my whole life. I always mm-hmm. wanted to like kind of see what else was out there, what other opportunities were. Mm-hmm. And I think once I like stepped away and, and started to move, like I lived in London and now Hamilton and started to, <laughs> the big city, quote unquote, for me as a small town kid, um, you start to learn a lot more. And I think it, it helped me appreciate like my upbringing. And I, and I was just wondering, if, like, did you learn anything by like moving to Toronto about like yourself or just about like what the community has to offer here? It was definitely uncomfortable moving because again, you're in a foreign place. It's new to you. You have to navigate and figure out these new, this new way of living. And yeah, like you said, like you wanted to branch out, you wanted to challenge yourself. You want to see what else was out there. And I did. And specifically where I was, I didn't feel super connected to. And I recognized that and that was okay. And I said, you know what? Okay, I'm going to come back. And this is where I decided to plant because this is where I'm from. And I was like, let's figure out a way that I can serve my community best here. So that's what I did. But yeah, it was a challenge. It was hard. And like I said, I had to figure out a new way of living up there. And it just wasn't my, it wasn't my style. It wasn't what I was used to, you know, to get anywhere would take an hour by bus. And I was used to driving my car 10 to 15 minutes around the city to get somewhere, you know? The parking situation in cities stresses me out so bad because I'm so used to like, where I'm from, you literally could pull your car up anywhere and just park and you don't have to worry about pain. You don't have to worry here you drive around try to find spots you got to pay the meters i'm just like man i don't i don't want any of this or you come back to a ticket you're like what the heck i was here for 10 minutes yeah (laughs) Yeah, so yeah definitely a challenge but uh it's a room it's it's a place to grow and it's a place to really figure out what exactly do i want and what don't i want Mm, and i figured there that that's not what i wanted and that was okay Mm -hmm. but i tried i gave it a go and just wasn't for me yeah and i think that's a that's obviously a good way to go about it and i know that that definitely happened like speaking of your entrepreneurship journey mm-hmm. right um and i know you've talked a lot about like serving your community so i'd love to hear like how you serve your community in kind of that journey because i know it's evolved over the years mm-hmm. well i first started out wanting to serve my community by owning a gym that's what i thought i wanted it was my third year of university and i was like i want to be a gym owner so me being the action goer that i am I took action and 
opened up my own business and we went looking for a space to be able to serve this community. And within like three weeks, again, anyone who knows me knows I'm very impulsive. Uh, I acted on it right away. I saw the space. And I was like, let's do it. This is it. And like I said, having some of that impulse in me either helps me or it hinders me. I either capitalize from it or I get in trouble. <laughs> um, but it was a huge lesson for me, just kind of diving in and stepping in and again, figuring out what it is exactly what I wanted. And it was three years that I owned what, what was Aim for Fit. That was the first gym that I owned. And it was a huge learning lesson because I figured out what exactly I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. And I think too, I've thought about this. I've watched my parents, and God bless them, I love them, but I've watched them stay in the same job for 30 plus years of their, of their lives. And I was like, okay, maybe that's what I have to do. And that's what I was thinking with this job. I'm like, this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. And then when that didn't happen, I felt like a huge failure. I mm. felt like a fraud. I felt like I let everyone down. And um, yeah, I think just being surrounded by two hardworking people who stayed in the same profession for 30 plus years of their lives, that's what I thought that I had to do. But then I recognize, I'm like, why? Why does this have to be my destiny as well? If I'm not enjoying this, if this isn't fulfilling me anymore, it's okay to recognize that and switch things. So that's what I did. I was like, how can I better serve my community and myself? Because unfortunately in the last two months, uh, I have lost some people that I've known and now I just it really has put things into perspective of not every day is guaranteed and I'm not going to continue to live on this earth every day if I'm not happy so that's kind of the direction that I was like okay or that was the timing that I was like okay what am I going to do what am I going to do moving forward what's this going to look like for me next and thankfully 2020 uh, was the year of the pandemic and it's almost like I was forced to go in a different direction. And it was March of 2020 that I announced that I was closing the doors to my business and that we were rebranding. And then literally April of 2020 was when the first wave had hit and everything was forced to be shut down. And I'm like, oh shoot, like what am I gonna do now? So like any other business owner, I think in 2020, I was forced to pivot. I was like, okay, how can I make this work? How can I continue to make money and serve people? And I myself had already had experience with working with coaches online. I'm like, well, why can't I do this too? And I was so against it. I had so much resistance around it for the longest time. I had a, like business coaches reach out to me and be like, do you want to start an online training business? And I'm like, no, no, like leave me alone. Like, I don't want this. And now here I am, you know, two years later and I'm thriving and it's really been a huge asset for me to be able to impact more people and work with more people and also be able to give back to myself because I felt like I lost myself for a long time with my old business. And I felt as if I wasn't super aligned with what I was doing anymore and that needed to change and that's what I did. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of good things that I think you, you, know, you hit on. And one place I want to start is like this, you know, when you when you jump into something like that and you put all your efforts into mm -hmm. it and you're committed to it and you put both like a financial investment into it, but also like your energy investment into mm -hmm. it, it's very hard to walk away from something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like that sunken cost fallacy where it's like, I've put so much into this, I can't not walk away, right? Mm -hmm. um, when 
by the sounds of it, it was pushing you to the point where you needed to. And then obviously maybe a little bit of help with like life, um, with COVID and everything kind of mm-hmm. forced you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like, I commend you for that because it's hard to accept that that's the situation. And I think we, you know, sure call it a failure, but well, maybe, maybe not, but you can label it as whatever you want. Like on the outside perspective, someone will look at that and be like, Oh, that's a failure. Mia tried to open this business and she couldn't sustain it for 30 plus years. And she had to give up just like every other business owner that tries to go out there. She failed. But ultimately that led to where you are now. And you obviously learned a lot from that, both about yourself and business, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love for you to hit on some of those things that like, you know, that you don't want mm-hmm. anymore based off that experience. I will reiterate too, this wasn't just an overnight decision to right. close the business. Like you said, there was a lot of time, energy, financial investment that was put into that. I put my heart and soul into that. That was my baby. Mm-hmm. And to see it just not work out the way that I wanted it to was so hard for me to grasp. And like you said, yeah, from the outside looking in, maybe it was a failure to some people. But now I've come to learn that, and my mentor says this, shout out to Gavin McHale. Um, he says that failure is feedback, right? It tells you, okay, what's working? What's not working? And what direction do we need to go in moving forward? And that's how I took it. I'm like, okay, this is feedback for me to know that this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Going back to your question, what was it again? <laughs> no, uh, it was like, what did you learn that you don't want? Because okay, I yes. think that's such an important thing. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone looks for like what they do want. I think it's, you should yeah. look for that. But one thing that I've learned from my personal experience is there's a lot of, there's a few things that I, that I realized that I didn't want mm-hmm. in my career and in my life that I think have been more of an impact on my direction than like, knowing exactly what I, what I do want. Mm -hmm. I'll throw this in there too. Opening a business is extremely hard. And I think for any, you know, business owners or maybe inspiring entrepreneurs listening, don't think that this is a get rich quick scheme. A lot of time, effort, and energy is put into it. And realistically, it takes about five years for a business to make profit. If you do earlier than that, great but just giving you a realistic timeline how long it does actually take so you're not going in with these expectations and being like well what the heck why aren't I a millionaire yet because <laughs> that's what I thought I'm like what the heck <laughs> what yeah. am I doing wrong <laughs> you know um, but figuring out what I did want or didn't want actually sorry um, I knew that I didn't want to continue trading my time for money and that was a big thing for me because I was working 10 to 12 hour days 80 hours a week I was burnt out I was exhausted and I wasn't feeling fulfilled in the work that I was doing anymore. Mind you too, I was a one, one woman show. I was doing everything on my own. And like you do when you start a business, you try and get resourceful. You try and figure out, okay, what can I continue to do so that I don't have to outsource this? Because you're not making a lot of money when you first start a business. Right. You're trying to recycle all of the money that you're making back into the business. And I was just like, yeah, moving forward, I do not want to continue to trade my time for money. And that's kind of the model that I have strayed away from moving forward into my new business. And now it's like, okay, yeah, I can go to the cottage for a week now and not necessarily have to lose profit because I'm not in a place that I have to see people every day. So if I don't see them, I still can continue to make money, which has been great. It's great from a financial aspect and a freedom aspect. And that's more so what I did want was that freedom. I felt that when I owned the gym, I was stuck there. I was there all the time and I never had a break from it. And that's probably why I ended up hating the place. <laughs> yeah. And that's not a good place to get to. And no. I, um, 
that was that's something I learned thankfully like early on from like mentors and stuff before I opened my business and a lot of um, like one of the biggest like best books I read I think it's called the e-myth revisited was like a really big book to change my mindset on like business and a lot of people become entrepreneurs with this idea of like it's going to give them freedom and more time and it's the complete opposite most of the time because like you're now going from working your eight-hour job to working let's just say 24 hours because that's exactly yeah. what it is right yeah. um but what you need what what i've learned and what i think you ran into and a lot of people run into is like you then just take yourself in the business you're working in before and you just place yourself in your own business doing the same thing instead of like working on your business you're working in your business mm -hmm. and i think to to scale and get the time that you want and be able to like have that freedom you need to create a system in which like you can be replaced within your business and you're bringing on people that can be you so you can work on growing the business and almost like creating this entity that's like separate of you mm -hmm. but a lot of people have a hard time stepping out of that because it's a hard thing and i think what the online space does it almost allows you to have more of that control because you can scale a little bit easier you don't have to be in an actual place you you automatically almost get more of that freedom right away like you still have to build systems and you, you still have to do all that stuff obviously but i think what people get stuck in is like getting stuck in their business versus like working on the business to grow without them being the main thing that's functioning the business day to day mm -hmm. and for anyone listening i don't want you to think that the online space is an easier way to get clients because <laughs> it's, it's definitely, definitely not, not. Yeah. you have to build what we call that no like and trust factor and people have to build be bought into what you are saying and you have to provide some sort of value to them because they're not just going to trust you right off the bat. And what I've learned too is being able to speak to your audience and figuring out, okay, who is my target market? What is my ideal client's pain points and how can I help them with those things? And I've really tapped into that within the last two years. Whereas before my messaging was all over the place. I'm like, yeah, I'll help anyone. Mm -hmm. Now I'm very specific about who I help because that's also my time and energy going into that person. So I find now that I work with a lot of type A personalities like me. I, a lot of my clients are like me and they're go-getters. They want to see change. They're, they're wanting to put in the work and that's what, that's what I enjoy doing. That's who I enjoy working with. Yeah, and it's cool because like now it sounds like you, you said you lost like kind of yourself a little bit and it seems like now you're finding yourself and the people that you want to work with which mm -hmm. I think is like extremely important to making it fulfilling I think that's one of the benefits from moving to the online space is you can very much niche down mm -hmm. into a into an area like that and target people more specifically yeah and it's okay to not help everyone it's okay to yeah like you said niche down and pick a specific market or a specific type of person that you want to help I feel like again everyone tries to dip their toes and everything and they want to be this person who can help everyone but it's okay that you can't mm -hmm. and I'm the first to tell someone that when we hop on a call together I'm like let's figure out what your struggles are and let's see if I can help if I can let's proceed forward if I can't I will tell you and I'll refer you to someone else yeah. I have no problem doing that yeah and that's a tough thing to do though sometimes it is it really is yeah especially when you know you're first starting out and you want to make money of course when I first started uh in the business I took on anyone and everyone that I could even if maybe they didn't fit my ideal, ideal client avatar, I was like, okay, nope, this is money. I can make this work. I can still help this person in some capacity. But now it's like, okay, I'm in a spot where I'm financially abundant and people are always going to come to you. There's always going to be people that you can help. There's always going to be leads somewhere. And 
you know, like you said, in, in the online space, you just have so much more reach and you can diversify that reach. Um, so yeah, I like, yeah, I lost my train of thought, but it's go ahead <laughs> on it. No, it's a good, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think like it just, it takes a lot of effort to create that. I don't mm-hmm. think it, you know, again, there's so much, it's easy from the outside to be like, Oh, it's, I'm going to go online. I'm just going to like have all these people come to me and it's, not the case and like one of the biggest things we learned transitioning from being like an instagram page online to an actual like brick and mortar business Mm -hmm. was like instagram is not what you think it is in terms of driving leads for your business unless you're being very specific and very like niche driven like what you're doing and being more in the online space like from a brick and mortar standpoint it was like oh okay this isn't gonna like get me new leads every single day Mm -hmm. what it is gonna allow me to do is like help speak my our story to the community and see if it aligns with like with them Um, so that was a transition we had to make yeah and even too when I had my brick and mortar I'm like okay we're gonna set up and all these people are gonna come funneling right in no yeah people are gonna come to me no problem crickets (laughs) you know and sometimes that happens on the online space but I find too the more that um, you connect with your audience the more that you share the more vulnerable that you can be too. Just letting people know that you're also a human and that you go through things, it allows them to be able to relate to you. And I know for me personally, I want to work with people that I relate to. And I'll have a lot of clients like inquire with me and be like, I like your story or, you know, I like what you stand for. I like your messaging. I like your content. And that's what I related to. And that's why I want to work with you. And that's exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I know like, let's talk a little bit about like what, like the people that you do work with. Cause mm-hmm. like, you know how I am. I'm super biased to strength training. So when <laughs> I, when I see the stuff that you do, it makes me so happy because yeah. I, and I don't want to botch your tagline, but it's something along the lines of like working with people, with women who want to, or moving them from wanting to lose weight to lifting weights or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, did I botch yeah. it pretty bad? Hey, no, you had it. It okay. was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so essentially you just want to get people getting strong, which I do. I'm all yeah. about. So let's dive into like why that's important to you mm-hmm. and, and how you go about doing that. Yeah. So my backstory, um, and I don't mind sharing, but I went through two eating disorders where I was so focused on a goal weight, a goal number. And that once I hit that, then I would be happy. And eventually I hit that number and I was still miserable nothing had changed only my external appearance changed nothing internally had changed actually you know what did change internally i was sick Mm. i was really sick i lost my period for a year i was losing my hair i was sick all the time just to get to a goal weight and this is what i ask clients now and i don't get a lot of clients come to me who want to lose weight because that's not my messaging right again my message is to shift their focus from losing weight to lifting weight there it right? is <laughs> um yeah you almost had it yeah <laughs> um so um I'll ask them like why do you want to get to that goal weight what is that going to enable you to do what is that going to change for you and they're like huh I never really thought about that right and like I said once I got to that go wait nothing changed for me I was still miserable nobody liked me any more than they did before I had lost all the weight and then I got hooked on strength training because I felt super empowered by what my body could do versus what it couldn't do and that's what I try to instill in my clients is let's focus on what you can do versus what you can't do or let's focus on what your body is doing for you versus you know what it's not doing for you or rather than being so focused on the aesthetics or body compensation or uh, fat loss, 
let's focus on how we can push ourselves mentally, physically, and emotionally, because I do believe strength training encompasses all of that. Yeah, and the great thing about that is when you focus on all those things you just talked about, those other things happen. They do. It's kind of like a domino effect. And like I tell people, like, I'm not against weight loss. I'm not against fat loss. But it's not the main goal that people have when they come to work with me. It might happen, which is cool. But like I said, if we can get your energy levels up, if we can have you feeling more confident, more comfortable in the gym, if we can help mitigate your stress, if we can create a better morning and nighttime routine for you, I'm more so about those factors than, you know, just a number moving on the scale. Yeah. How has it been seen, like... Or have you seen some mindset shifts in, in the people that you work with from like coming in with this idea of like, oh, I need to hit this number on the scale or I need to hit this like measurement size or whatever it may be to like shifting their mindset to like that, what you just talked about, like oh, I'm going to crush this morning routine or I'm going to make sure that I'm like, you know, eating the right meals or whatever it may be, you know, mm -hmm. like how have you seen some of that, that mindset shift and how has that been? I have been, it's been super empowering because they came in with this idea of this is the outcome goal that I think I want and now it's something completely different. It's like, oh, now I wanna crush a PR on, the, on a back squat or I wanna be able to do my first pull up. So now it's more so performance related and focusing on, like I said, what your body can do versus what it can't do and respecting your body and learning to honor and trust it. I think, and I think too, as, as women, we put a lot of things on the back burner when it comes to ourselves, you know? Um, we don't necessarily listen to those internal cues and signals that our bodies are telling us on a regular basis. And that's how I felt when I was in the, the heart of my eating disorder. You know, my body was literally, it's like that meme with the dog and the, and the house on fire, uh, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like my body was literally screaming at me and I was just like, nope, I'm gonna continue to run two hours a day on the treadmill and I'm not gonna listen to you, right? So I feel like, yeah, if we can really start to hone in on the internal signals and cues that our bodies are telling us on a regular basis, then you're going to learn to respect yourself in a, in a greater degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and how has it been like helping people realize like what strength training can do for them? And especially in like the, the female population, because I think like there's a mis there's a misconception, there's a big misconception around strength training in general, but mm -hmm. I feel even more specifically for like the women that you work with, there's this idea of like, Oh, I, I shouldn't be lifting heavy or I shouldn't pick, I shouldn't be getting stronger. I don't want to get bulky. Like all these kind of like weird, not weird. Like it's, <laughs> it's weird to me because yeah. I, I definitely don't think those things, but like these, these common misconceptions, like how has it been working with people and transitioning their mindset around that? It's just that old school mentality that, you know, women need to be doing plyometrics, light loads and uh, high volume reps. Like that's great. And it has a time and a place, but also too, like, you know, it, it's funny, I'll, I'll watch a mom at the gym sometimes, and, I, and I've said this before, you know, they probably carry around a 30 or 40 pound child for half of their day, and then they go pick up a five pound weight. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what, yeah. what are you doing? It's funny. I use <laughs> that know? one all the time, too, yeah. when I'm working with people. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah, it's just been empowering to watch women make that shift and make that transition to be like, oh, you know what? I am capable of this. Like, this is really cool. I didn't think that I could do this, but you have me as your coach believing in you and then you start to believe in yourself, which is really cool. Yeah. So like I work with a lot of beginners or like intermediate um, athletes who are getting into weightlifting and that's like my bread and butter because 
you know, they're like a fresh sponge and they just want to absorb everything. And I want to be able to teach someone from the ground up so that they feel confident, they feel comfortable, they feel empowered with what they're doing in the gym. Because I'll even go into the gym sometimes because I work out at um, a local gym here in Brantford. Uh, it's called World Gym. And the guy to girl ratio is hilarious to me. It's like 80% men and 20% women. And all the guys are just looking at the girls. And I'm like, dang, you know, I wish there were more females in this room right now, you know. But the girls that are in there are freaking crushing it. I'm like, this is dope. And like, I'll even go up to someone and be like, that was a good lift. Like, yeah. good job. Yeah. And I think there needs to be more of that, that camaraderie, that, and that female empowerment, because we deserve to be in there just as much as any guy does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and there shouldn't be, yeah, someone shouldn't have to be fearful or worried about going in and like getting the opportunity to experience that. And I do, mm-hmm. I do really do think it's, it's shifting. And I know, I mean, I'm very separate because we have an environment that like really mm-hmm. welcomes that and encourages mm-hmm. that. And I know there's still other like spaces that aren't as great. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, that's one of my favorite things too, is just watching anyone crush it. But more specifically, like when I see like a wo- woman, like just killing it, like, I mean, we, we work with like Nada is one of our, clini- one of our mm-hmm. clinicians at the movement mm-hmm. and she's stronger than every single person yeah. in, in the gym. That's in our so space. dope. Like easily, <laughs> you know, no, not even close. Yeah. So like it's, it, we're all about that kind of stuff. So it's, I love, I love working with your clients because they're always coming in like, yeah, you know, Mia has me doing like six to eight reps on the deadlift RPE, like seven <laughs> or eight. And, and I'm like, yes, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you should be doing that. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, like, I know I could do like more reps this time, but, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do too many reps. I'm like, yep. And you're probably going to have to go up in a little bit of weight next week when you go in with me. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, it's so <laughs> awesome because I'm all about that. Yeah. They're learning the lingo. Yeah. So good. <laughs> um, how about for you though? Like now that you've kind of it seems like come into your own and really found like your area and got through like those learning experiences from op- mm-hmm. opening your, your old business to where you are now. Like how has that been for you personally? And like, how do you feel about moving forward with like what you're doing on the, with the online business and all that stuff? Like I mentioned, I just feel more aligned. I feel that I am stepping into who I want to be and what I want to be doing. And I just feel that I can deliver a better service at a greater capacity with what I'm doing now versus what I was doing before. You know, I was the classic like, yeah, I'll help you lose weight. I'll write you a meal plan. We'll do some uh, three sets of 10 and then we'll call it a day sort of thing. And then I was like, no, I want more for myself. And like that technically wasn't in my scope of practice to be able to do that, you know, a long time ago, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) Um, So now I'm like, let's focus on what I'm good at and let's put all of my eggs in that basket. So for anyone listening, like if you have a skill that you want to dive into 100% into, do it. Don't try and, like I said, help everyone or diversify what your skill set is and put 50% of your efforts into four to five different things when you can just focus 100% on one thing and deliver a great fucking service. Sorry, excuse my language. That's okay. <laughs> but I just get so passionate about it because I'm like, yeah, like I don't do nutrition. No, I don't do like quote unquote mindset coaching or lifestyle coaching. Like I do fitness coaching. This mm-hmm. is what I do and mm-hmm. I'm really passionate about it. And I'm really good at it. So that's what I hone in on and I don't try to be something that I'm not, mm-hmm. right? Like you guys are the rehab guys and the strength training guys. Like that's what you stick to. That's what you know that's your bread and butter and I'm like that's the same thing with me I don't try and cross over into other things that I might be able to provide a 50% service at yeah 
that's such a great place to be in as like mm -hmm. a person and as a business owner for you to like be able to speak that confidently because I know it takes a lot of very hard work to get there mm -hmm. and people will see the stuff that will see where you're at right now and like everything is hitting it's aligned like you say and like I think you can really tell that that's the case by like mm. me talking to you seeing your Instagram being able to work with some of the people that you work with like you're aligned and that's a cool place to be mm -hmm. but it takes so much work to get there and it takes obviously you kind of talked a little bit about it um and i think people just assume like oh mia's mia's must be lucky she just kind of like found this instagram thing and it's like <sighs> that's not the case like it, it's definitely not um and it takes a lot for for you to not accept being in that place where like you know you're not supposed to be mm -hmm. like you said you know you felt like this isn't who i am and what i'm supposed to be doing and to step out of that is is very hard and I think a lot of times people don't um, and I always encourage people if you like you get that feeling like in your chest and in your stomach mm -hmm. or wherever you feel it and it's like it's there multiple times it's there all the time during the day it's like you got to get you got to try to figure out how you can get out of that um, yep. and I feel lucky that I had that experience like early on in like my, my career mm -hmm. so that I was like oh that right there never want to feel that ever again like that feeling is terrible mm -hmm. let's make sure I do everything I can to like transition away and now it's about making sure that I don't go back to that place in mm -hmm. what I'm doing now it's like listening and being aware mm -hmm. of how you feel and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis so that you don't trend back into that place because that's not going to lead you to anywhere good yeah and it's a lot of trial and error like I said I've been doing this for this is my sixth year that I've been a business owner which is crazy to me to even think about I was 21 when I first started in the in the industry and again naive not really having any idea what the heck I was doing didn't really know who I wanted to serve. And now like having a clear purpose and alignment has been a game changer. And it might, it, it might take that long. Like I said, this isn't a get rich kick, sorry, get rich quick scheme. That is a That's tongue a twister. One. You did well. <laughs> Try and say that five times fast. It was like me trying to, trying to say your tagline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so having that long term mentality is so important. Because again, you're putting all this time and energy into something. You don't want to just give it up like that. So yeah, I've rebranded, which has been a blessing for me, but I'm still working in the same field that I was just with a little bit more clear direction now. Yeah. Okay. Got some rapid fire questions for you. Sure. Favorite local restaurant? Mm, sociable. I've been to sociable oh, before. You're not the first person that said that. It's a good vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because this is me judging book by its cover. But like if I saw the social pool from the outside, I'm like, man, it might not be a place where I would go. Yeah, they have really great food and like the atmosphere is great. Service is great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, favorite local brewery? I don't really drink, but okay. um, Steel Wheel Brewery. Nice. Yeah. I actually just talked to Cindy. Cindy, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm trying to, we're going to set up a podcast. I'm nice. I'm excited. Cool. Sweet. They're good people. Yeah. Um, okay. Squat or deadlift? Squat. Okay. Assault bike or rower? Neither. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to pick a uh, assault bike, just give it to me. <laughs> I, lo I love the assault bikes. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I'd rather deadlift than squat. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're a tall guy, though. Yeah. You're just mechanically. I, I like the know. deadlift. There's something okay. about just, like, picking okay. something off the ground. Yeah. I always just try to imagine I'm, like, Nada, like, lifting the world. <laughs> and just try to deadlift as much yeah, as I can. Yeah, there you go. Visualization. She inspires me. <laughs> yeah. um, and what was the other one I was going to ask? Running or cycling? 
just started getting back into running. So I did, I did with, see that story. I'll go with running. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I don't love it right now, I'm going to get better at it. Come into the, come into the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, last question. What does uh, move local mean to you? Hmm, move local. Just getting to learn more about the opportunities in the community and how people are willing to serve you and help you. There's so many resources that I pe- that people don't know about. And people think too that getting healthy has to be this hefty financial investment. And to some degree, quality of service matters, yes. But walking outside is free. You know, drinking water is free to some degree. Uh, getting seven to eight hours of sleep is free, you know? And I think there's people that are willing to help you reach your goals and they want the best for you and they want to be there to support you and guide you in the best way that they can. Um, so I think just, yeah, figuring out who speaks to you and whose messages align with you most and moving forward with them. Love it. Mia, thanks so much for your time. It's always a pleasure having probably like our fifth conversation in podcast form. Um, I think this might be my best one yet, maybe. Crushed it, crushed it. And I was just going to say, it's always a pleasure chatting. And every time I feel like, because it's been some time as we go, it's just like, you just get more and more aligned with what you're doing. And it makes me happy to see, because like, you, you know, you can tell it's something you're passionate about. And then you're also helping a lot of people doing what you love. Um, and then it's cool to see you come back and have an impact on the community that you grew up in. And then even outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been super awesome to like, you know, see your growth and be able to work alongside you. So I appreciate everything you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me again. This was a great conversation. Where can people find you in all your amazing tick, not TikTok. Sorry. That's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. TikTok or Instagram, oh. but I don't think you're on TikTok. Are I'm you? Not. Yeah. you know what? I get down the rabbit hole with reels. I'm like, I do not need another distraction. Yeah, here. Your real game is strong, <laughs> <You know? laughs> strong. So where can people go check out your strong reels? Yeah. Uh, at the strength girl on Instagram. Maybe I'll dabble in some TikTok soon. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, more exposure, the better. <laughs> uh, you can also visit my website, the strengthgirl.com. Uh, I have a newsletter that you can opt into. I don't spam you, but uh, I do give you some uh, vulnerable conversations and some things to think about and some updates on the biz. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm always in the DMs too not at all hours of the day, but I will answer you. She'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever want to chat. Awesome. Well, Mia, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. 